0: Welcome to the Your Bold Life Podcast. I'm Val Selby and I'm an empowerment coach to women over 40. I take a stand that it's time for you to take your turn in life. Uh, Today, my guest, I am, gosh, I hate it when I just keep saying I'm excited to talk to her today, but I do, I get excited when I pull these up and I'm just like, ah, who am I talking to on the podcast today? (laughs) And Reverend Catherine Clarenbach is, got this fascinating little bit of information that i've already pulled from her fascinating little stories that we've already talked about right now pre-recording and so i can't wait to dig in and have you meet her and hear her thoughts on we'll try to keep it to a few topics i know this this might be hard this is i feel like you're gonna be a, a kindred soul and we're gonna rabbit trail down some great trails <laughs> could happen, could happen which is one of my favorite things to do go wherever it's going to take us so thank you for being here reverend catherine and if you would tell everybody just a little bit about yourself please sure hi um first of all
1: i should say i use reverend catherine clarenbach as my like introduction but please everybody call me just catherine okay. <laughs> that's perfectly fine too. and i am somebody who identifies as a big fucking fat freak and I'm a minister.
0: clapping,
1: you guys. I'm clapping. <laughs> and a minister who has gone and gotten her master's of divinity in graduate school and done a whole bunch of other stuff before I could get ordained, as well as being a Wiccan priestess and... I have managed mental illness in the form of bipolar disorder and neurodivergence as attention deficit disorder. So I've got a whole salad of things going on that make me who I am and what is interesting to talk about about me. So we can just jump right in.
0: We can, but one of the great things I believe is the fact that a lot of this stuff is very different. Um, You missed the air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this air quotes on the podcast it's very different. So I absolutely adore the fact that you have just fucking owned it.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, yeah. That's so freeing. The fact that you're just like, yeah, this is what I am.
1: Mm-hmm. It took a while, right? It took a while.
0: For sure. That's what we were talking about right before is the idgaf years. And I think we're just going to jump into that topic first. Cause that was the last thing we were living off. You know, the idgaf years, the I don't give a fuck years. They hit so awesomely in the 40s Mm. when we're obviously ready to embrace them but you had some shifts that happened in your yeah started to embrace things
1: um gosh in my early 30s was when i first first was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and there's a whole story that goes with that that we can get into maybe later but it a friend of mine told me it'll take 10 years before you really get a grip on it and i was like i will not need 10 years
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: little did i know that bipolar one bipolar type one which is um And I say this as somebody with this disorder and it's potentially very offensive thing I'm going to say, but it can colloquially be described as batshit crazy. Yeah. You know, like bipolar one without management is essentially a terminal illness. Mm -hmm. You're going to kill yourself because you're reckless or risk taking or because you kill yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really bad news. Right. So it takes a while working with a team of people, you know, working with a psychiatrist, working with a therapist, having the best wife in the world. <laughs> um, Thank goodness. Oh my goodness. You have no idea. She's amazing. My, I even got her her very own rainbow unicorn horn to wear. <laughs> um, and I have pictures to prove it. Um, it takes a long time to get your arms around what does it mean to live a life of achievement and helping other people when you yourself have been living in chaos since you were 11 years old, Mm -hmm. right? And hearing voices that told me to kill myself twenty four seven, And I thought everybody had that.
0: Yeah. Right, I Well, said yeah, because we don't know what we don't know.
1: You don't know what you don't know, exactly what I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. I said to my mom at one point in my teens, I said, well, everybody wants to kill themselves sometime. And she was like, mm, not so much.
0: Right. <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh,
1: because hmm. um, I did every day. Did
0: you feel like you had to stop talking about it at that point? Um. Yeah, pretty much. Because now and you I, knew that nobody else felt that well, way. I, it, you know, in,
1: in, with bipolar disorder, things come and go, right? So the voices were always there, um, but the energy to act on them comes and goes, right? When you're really depressed, actually, you can be more safe than when you're manic. Because when you're really depressed and have no energy and can't get out of bed and just feel numb that's one thing when you are driving 90 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone. That is another thing that right. is not an hypothetical example, by the way. Right. right. Um, right. I mean, I used to say with perfect seriousness that I believed that lines on the road, streetlights and one way signs were suggestions.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Ouch. And I have no idea how this happened. I've been in one accident in my life, only one. And it happened because I fell asleep at the wheel. Right. After having been up for three days straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a really high state and then I fell asleep at the wheel yeah. and was lucky enough to hit three rocks that this farmer had put to protect the front of his barn from people driving off the edge of the road right i hit the three rocks my the rims and tires of my right side of the car were totally wrecked and i stopped directly in front of a telephone pole
0: goodness yeah yeah you've 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 had some some powers that be on your side for sure for many events i bet so during the the 10 years did is it is it is it? partially um so i'm just looking at my own journey for three sure, things sure. i i'm wondering is it partially because it takes a little while just to admit that you need um, help it it
1: it is it is like that right like initially it was such a relief to know that i could be helped mm-hmm. cuz i didn't think i could be helped i thought it was a character flaw mm-hmm. right um, I didn't think I could be helped. I thought I was uh, a lost cause, and I would always be, you know, for example, the three days before my period, every single month, I was very, very actively suicidal. Like my, oh my wife gosh. would hide the knives in our house. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it was really dramatic. Well, yeah, um, that rush of hormones
0: when you already have. Yeah, chemicals it, that are not it was working? Not,
1: yeah, exactly. Ugh.
0: Ugh.
1: Um, and But by the time I was in my late 30s, coming into my early 40s, I was like, you know what? I can make plans. I might live longer, because I never thought I would live to see the year 2000. Yeah. Like, I would think about it, and I would be like, I'll be 27. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to live past 25. And I, it was just the way I understood my life. And then everything changed. And so by the time I was 40, and I should say, even despite all this chaos, spirituality and ritual and ceremony and um, what my father always called about the Episcopal Church, smells and bells. Um had been a central part of my life, especially music, religious music. And so spirituality was always there. And I really think it was kind of an anchor
0: for me. Thankfully, not everybody has that.
1: Exactly. And so then I realized, you know, I really want to help people and I want to help them in ways that I'm interested in. And I understand. I mean, Howard Thurman said, Don't ask what the world needs, ask what brings you alive, because what the world needs is more people who are alive. And so I went to seminary. Um, I went to Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C. and became a Unitarian Universalist minister. After several years of involvement with a Wiccan tradition, so I was um, initiated a priestess, when i was in my late 20s and then when i was 42 yes 42 yes 42 <laughs> i was ordained as a minister nice. and i had i decided that I would sort of strike out on my own, and I'm what is called an entrepreneurial minister. Mm -hmm. I don't have a bricks and mortar church. I have a a community called The Way of the River, and I have a website, thewayoftheriver.com, and I work with people who have that sense that I always had, that I wanted more, like I wanted that sense of the deeper knowledge and intuitiveness, right? And intuition and um, relationship to the divine, even when I didn't have words Mm -hmm. for what that meant. And I've been lucky to work with hundreds of people who are on that journey. And it's just been amazing. And there are people who have been alienated by traditional religion because... Other people had agendas for what their trans, non-binary, otherwise queer mm-hmm. selves needed to be. And I don't have that kind of agenda.
0: Right. Yeah. I love religion. Um, looking back, I probably should have tried to go into something that mm-hmm. had to do with, I, I love theology, I guess. Mm, because yeah. I'm non-religious. Mm-hmm but I absolutely love talking to people about their different, different religions and why they believe that. Because I really love to pull out the core of why they believe it. You know, I, if if they're gonna just quote, you know, well, because the Bible says so, I'm like, that's not a conversation we're gonna have then because right. I want your attachment to it. <laughs> that's fascinating to me. It's like, what made you gravitate to that religion, you know, right, <laughs> and what right. keeps you
1: there. <laughs> well, and one of the things that's interesting is I was raised Roman Catholic and I was very, very devout as a young person. And then I came out when I was 17 and oh gosh, that all ended. Yeah. Um, and I lost my spiritual home, yeah. but it had, it was a, con- a congregation, a parish that had a tremendous music program. I played the harpsichord, I played the organ, I played the piano, I played handbells, sang in the choir, I directed
0: choirs, I, you know. Like, you found a passion for sure.
1: I did, I did have a passion. And I loved the processionals and the incense and the, all the stuff, the smells and bells. Um, and so when people say, how did you get from being Catholic to being in Wicca, I'm like, well, it's not that big a jump, actually, (laughs) (laughs) right? Because in Wicca ceremony, in Stone Circle Wicca, which is my particular tradition, um, we, our ceremonies are designed to help people have transformative experiences, right? And so, as I have come into my middle age and my understanding of my own transformations, I realized that all those sensory experiences, like eating something, smelling something, incense or candles, seeing candles, like having that ritual experience can be, can operate on like a subconscious level to help people have those transformative experiences that make their lives better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, it was like, hop,
0: yep. get to really little hop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. And I know that the, the Wicca always fascinates me. I'm, I'm native American and Irish. So oh, I, come, okay. I come from a long woo woo history, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, one of the goddesses
1: and saints who's most important to me is St. Bridget who is like, everybody thinks of St. Patrick when they think of Ireland, but Bridget, or Briad, as you might say in Gaelic, is the, she's also really associated with Ireland and her holiday is celebrated with uh, great festivity and her sacred well in Kildare is still um, tended. And there's an order of sisters who maintain her perpetual flames. So they have a fire going all the time that's sacred to Bridget. Um, And and they're very interesting because they're sort of like, they're Catholic, but they're Irish Catholics, right? Right. So they have that Celtic Christianity thing going, which is always a little unusual. Like, for example, um, St. Bridget is supposedly a fifth century saint. She's also considered to be the foster mother of Jesus and Mary's midwife. So, y'all didn't see me raise my eyebrow just then. Um, But the Irish are like, eh, time, you know, it moves around, it's
0: fine, it flows. Oh, yeah, Hmm, whatever. I will absolutely have to check into that. That's interesting. So you, before we got on here, you had you had talked about embracing who you are, right, in your forties. Yeah. You know, I I had mentioned that. You know, I talked to a few other other women on here, and we've been talking about it. it's the idgaf years. It's the I don't give right. a fuck years. Oh my god. And you had said that you jumped in, and and I will say, you know, we're on camera as we're as we're doing this you are what most people consider the word bold to be mm-hmm. and what i'm trying to tell other women as well is that it's not that it's not because we colored our hair right mm-hmm. it's not all of that stuff that's making us bold um, but you jumped in and it is part of what makes you bold mm-hmm. because it, was, it is it was part of your personality that you were fighting
1: yep i tried so hard i mean i've always been when I was in elementary school, I was taller than all the other people in my class. Oh, yeah. That's I was also a little bit bigger than the people in my class. And I was bullied horrifically uh, all through middle school. Um, marching band and choir saved my life and in, in playing the piano in yeah. high school. But all through middle school, terribly, terribly bullied. And um, the other thing that happened is that when I first went on psychiatric medication, I gained 100 pounds.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: Which was really, really hard. But I had to face down, would I rather be fat and alive and happy? Absolutely. Or thin and dead? Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up kind of chunky and then being a genuinely fat woman, and I'm comfortable using that word on my own, mm-hmm meant that I had to decide was I going to accept the cultural idea that I wasn't a real woman, that I was kind of like just one of the guys kind of almost like neutered. Mm -hmm. If you understand, if folks understand what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. Like my interior femme, I felt like I didn't have the right to claim that. And then I met a woman named Reverend Ashley Haran, who is one of my heroes. Shout out Ashley Haran. <laughs> um, who is like super femme. She's round. She's not, you know, afraid at all of being like, no, part of who we are on the inside can be expressed materially through how we are on the outside. So just so y'all know, my hair is purple. I have a big butterfly clip on the top of my head. And otherwise, my hair kind of looks like a haystack. I have bright pink lipstick on and purple eyeshadow. And that is not a mask, right? It's not yes. something that I'm assuming because I feel like the world is giving it to me. Mm-hmm. It's something that. Is about self-expression and really about art. Mm -hmm. You know, I love to make art. I love pottery. I love painting. And makeup for me is just being my own canvas. Right.
0: I have a friend that, um, and, and of course, you know, over the years previously, I would, I would make judgments about it but she will she doesn't leave the house without full makeup on oh, and wow. it, it wasn't until i started embracing myself and my personality that i realized it's not because like you said it's it's not a mask. right right
1: she and for me like i can't doing do the it. full thing yeah. i can't do the full thing all the time but if i go out, out without lipstick on i'm like putting a hand over my mouth right <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's so funny because my mother is not that way but my father's mother was very very much that way yeah and as i have come into my 40s and sort of come into my own and started to have that experience of like this is me and if you don't like it fuck off right like i i have taken on the lipstick (laughs) right um i have a drawer for lips <laughs> like, <laughs> um and it makes me so happy yeah but that's the other thing it's play and again self-expression whatever your self is like let it fly
0: I know I went through that probably, um, it was it was early third, early 40s, I mean, the whole makeup thing, because I've always been a tomboy. I just, you know, awesome. I just don't wear makeup. I don't have time for it. I don't want, I didn't want to take the time for it. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden I was just like, huh, I'm going to start wearing some dresses. I want to put some makeup on. You know, I mean, I went. When I, I feel like it. I've got a ton of makeup now, and it's all top quality because I'm like, damn it, I deserve the top. Quality stuff. <laughs> if I'm gonna actually wear it. I'm getting the good stuff. No more of this wet and wild from. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. It's like I hear oh, it. It's fine. But then, of course, you know, here I am. I've got zero makeup on. This is me normal, and I embrace it. Well, now. and you, I have
1: to say, no makeup, and she looks awesome. Know, <laughs> Thanks. So. I
0: think. It's embracing it part i can remember years ago i hadn't even hit 40 and i actually had somebody tell me somebody that was supposed to be a good friend of mine tell me that Mm. i was i was too old to be going out of the house without makeup on anymore (gasps) no way right
1: yeah one thing i don't do is like a whole regimen of let's fix my skin
0: yeah
1: sunscreen is good if I'm gonna be out in the sun for a while. But I also live in the Pacific Northwest, right? Where we need some sun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to get our vitamin D. Yeah.
0: But, but like, we also burn easy because we but don't But we also burn easy,
1: at- <laughs> exactly. And I it's a
0: limbo land. <laughs> I'm
1: very fair skinned because partly because I'm Irish too. Yeah. My background. Um and I um what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time with this whole, like, how we have to make you look so that you're okay. Yeah. Because that's how, that's the difference between, you know, feeling like you're not okay unless you fix yourself.
0: Well, and also the fact that, um, well, the only time I was putting the makeup on for quite a few of those years was to make other people more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of the really big switches in the, in the 40s is just like, I don't need to make you un- more comfortable anymore. Right. That is not right. my job. Right. My job is not to make you feel more comfortable.
1: And it's interesting in my work as a spiritual guide and teacher, one of the things that's really important is about teaching people that that I don't need to have a theological agenda for them. Right. Right. my mission is really to help people who feel alienated or alone in religious Mm contexts to find their own
0: spirituality and reclaim their right to it. But that's a scary concept in this society because Mm -hmm. everybody grabs onto a religion because then they've got a blueprint
1: Right. right. Exactly and that's not how they bad, no, necessarily. Exactly.
0: No, I know many people that the, the organized religions have saved their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Because they did and yet organized religion has an awful lot to answer for. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. right. So Absolutely. Um,
0: but that's a scary concept for, for a lot of those people to come in and they're like, wait, I have to come up with my own relationship with my higher power? Yeah, yeah. But then that's like truth.
1: <laughs> right exactly like oh this oh, shit. is what i really need
0: this is what i really need this oh, is shit. What i'm I... gonna have to have an honest conversation <laughs> it's very intimate
1: it's oh. very intimate and one of the things that i say in some of my materials is do you feel shy talking about how much you want to have a relationship with the with the divine with God, with Goddess, however you want to call it, um, or them, uh, d- is it? Does it feel almost embarrassing to talk about? Because it's so personal and it's yeah. so intimate, right? And I, I, people really resonate with that. They're like, "How did you know?"
0: They're <laughs> <laughs> like, "Cause, Cause I've been there." there <laughs> Okay, so we got into you uh, grabbed a hold of your feminine side, and um, I knew that we were gonna have so many topics that we cannot talk forever. <laughs> but oh, there was one thing on your website. I wanted to go and check in that because it really resonated with me. On your your opt-in that everybody can go to, your one one of your tools is what you call the perfect day. Mm-hmm. And this hit me because I, um, this was an epiphany for myself. Maybe not for exactly what you're talking about here, um, mm-hmm. but I would love to hear just a little bit about what this what this perfect day is. The perfect
1: day is. Well, I teach a class called "Making Hard Choices: The Art of Discernment," and it's actually running right now. I'm going to run it again in February, but it's running right now. And that whole class is about how to make hard choices, right? How to make good decisions when you're really not sure where to go or you feel like you need to do things that you should do or you're feeling pressured from um, unnecessary obligations. I mean, of course we all have responsibility to other people, but you know, if your kids are grown, let them be grown. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, like, and that's hard. It's it's really hard hard to understand. (laughs) I mean, God God knows. Um, But uh, your perfect day is a series of prompts that I use in my discernment class. So that we can think about what are the values that underpin how we would like our lives to be all the time right so my perfect day has a lot of space in it in the morning for coffee and writing and you know uh, my spiritual practice mm-hmm. and in fact it does right? have those things now um The coffee is very important to that process, by the way. Um, (laughs)
0: Absolutely. (laughs) uh,
1: And also on the project that talks about, like, who do you come in contact with? How do these people affect your life? Who do you want in your life? Martha Beck, the author and coach, talks about the empty elevator syndrome and how when we go through the I don't give a fucks, part of what happens is that people who have wanted you to stay in the box you were in, in your twenties and thirties are suddenly gone Mm -hmm. because you're different and Mm -hmm. they wanted you to stay the same. Yeah. And so you can go through this period of loneliness, even though you're blossoming into your own power, Mm -hmm. you know, women in their forties. And I would say, especially in their fifties and sixties, often have this like amazing transformation that begins in our 40s. Yep. Like we're like I I am obsessed with flowers and um another femme thing. <laughs> uh, and we have a uh, 15 mature rose bushes in our oh, front yard. Nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I live in Portland, Oregon, which is the city of roses. Yeah. So they're they're beautiful and I love watching how it goes through this process of being a bud that looks like the grinch's head if you ever like really look at a rosebud it looks totally like a grinch's head so my wife and i are always like look there's like 10 grinch heads in the yard <laughs> um and then it, the 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 color starts to like peek out just a little bit like it's just daring and then overnight you'll have a flower that looks like a flower
0: yeah.
1: and then it goes into its like prime powerful like hello insects come and get me <laughs> and and then there is this period toward the end of the flower's life not the rosebush's life but the flower when i find it most beautiful that it's it looks really elegant, but you know that at any minute, if a strong wind comes up, mm-hmm. it's going to let its petals go. Mm-hmm. And I think being aware of where we are as women in the process of growing into ourselves, even as, you know, we hit midlife and we're thinking, okay, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to be something, I need to get on it. Yeah. Right? Like, I need to get a shift on and and get where I need to be. You know, my mom uh, turned 70, or just before her 70th birthday, and promptly moved to Florence, Italy.
0: Nice! Yeah!
1: (laughs) She knows what she's doing.
0: That's that's awesome! Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I watched her all through her 60s, 50s and 60s. Um, My father died 10 years ago. But, um... After my father died, uh, my mother was, I guess, about 60. She became this powerhouse, right? In this this unbelievable way, like that was about knowledge and discernment and not taking shit from other people and not being afraid of the empty elevator syndrome. And that really taught me a lot. Like when you're alone in your elevator and you're doing what your heart is really calling for, Mm -hmm. don't worry because you're not alone.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. We're never alone. There is nothing we do that we are not accompanied in.
0: Right.
1: Um, And people will come. You know, I mean, yeah, the
0: right people will be attracted to what we're will. doing and to us. Yeah. 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 I, I just, I love the perfect day because I mean, it, it came up, it was actually in a business workshop and uh, just a couple of weeks ago and it came up and we were supposed to write out our perfect day, which, oh. you know, as entrepreneurs, you know, uh-huh. you start thinking about your perfect day and it's like, well, what would that look like? And you're like in the future in your head. And all of a sudden I wrote down, I, I wasn't even really paying attention. And I wrote down my perfect day and I went, I started crying because I looked at my perfect day and went, there's zero reason I cannot be living that perfect day right now. Right. Exactly. None. None. I mean, it's like, like you said, you get up, it's like, oh, well, okay, well then I need to go for a walk or I need to go for a run or, Uh you know, this. Uh And I'm like, wow, why am I not making this happen? Why is it so scary Mm. to make this happen?
1: (laughs) Right. Well, so many of us, the perfect day clarifies what is possible, what we're not reaching for that we could have. And I mean, if I had unlimited funds right now, you know, if my wife and I had unlimited funds, I would pay off our house. I would, there are particular organizations I would want to, you know, give money to. Mm I might go to more school because I love being in school, Yeah, <laughs> but there's not a lot I would change about my life.
0: Yes. I that love money that. money change. Oh, yeah. No, that's uh, when I've been asked the question too, you know, would you still be doing what you're doing if you won the lottery? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hell yeah, but I'd be employing a whole hell of a lot more people to help me. That's life. right. That's right. <laughs> I really get to do just the fun stuff and hand it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. I love that you're in your calling. All right. We should probably begin to wrap this up, but we can't wrap this up without talking about your damnits of course. So damn your damn So listeners, I, if you are new, dammets are those things that make you, you. So there are parts of your personality that if you are hiding them or listening to other people in your life and, and, trying to squash them down a little bit they will make you depressed and you will get lost because you don't know who you are anymore so what is one of those personality traits what are those damnits that you love about yourself Catherine?
1: you know I feel like I need to say something here that's a little bit different from your damets but I think it's such an important it. thing yeah <laughs> part of my damet it, right it's the, like you no, gotta I be in control of this right now yeah. and we're gonna move over <laughs> that I think is so important to say, which is that at this stage in our lives, we need to come to terms with the fact that we have the bodies we have. We can make them stronger, we can make them healthier, but about five to 7% of people who try to lose a substantial amount of weight, keep it off for five years. And they're likely to gain it back and more, which is very, very damaging. We know that heart disease is not tied to weight. It's tied to weight cycling. And that means yo-yo dieting. Yep. And so one of my damits is insisting on the worth and dignity of fat people. Yeah. If you look online, a lot of times you'll see us with no heads like in the pictures, Mm -hmm. there's no heads and we're not wearing clothes that fit us Mm -hmm. or we look unhappy or, you know, that there's no sense that we can have like joy and dignity and liberation in our life. So one of my damits is that like, eat what you want, do the exercises you want, feel the way you want in your body and do it because you have a love relationship with your body. And I'm not like, Oh, everybody have positive, body positivity, get a manicure. Um, but we have what we have, so let's use it and work with it. And that's really hard sometimes.
0: Really so hard.
1: my watchwords that I say over and over and over and over and over, so I guess they're a damn it, is that change arises because of persistent gentleness and gentle persistence. And if you take those two things and put them together, you can do anything you want. Yeah. You can yeah. do anything you want. So the last thing that I'll say of that is a dammit of mine is when I laugh, people hear it in the next county.
0: See, this is why we knew <laughs> we were going to get along. Right? Like,
1: I have, when, I, when I'm caught off guard by something funny, my best friend says I, my laugh is a shotgun. Hey. <laughs> So I can't actually, like, just do it for you all, listeners. Oh, you know, I, it, right. it won't come. But it sounds more like a giant bark than it's <laughs> really a laugh. But it's part of who I am to, sh- yeah. to share the joy.
0: Right. And if you try to squash that laugh, then you stop laughing. Right. Because that's literally the only way to make it stop. because if you start legit laughing all of a sudden guess what this is this is how i laugh i'm loud yeah and uh, and you can't go from that to like (laughs) no right (laughs) it's not possible (laughs) it's not
1: it's not and again like when you talk about uh live your best life and live your bold life and be out there there's you're going to be the age you are, whether you have done what you hope to do or not. Mm -hmm. You can turn, you can come to the end of your life and say, I did my best to be the best version of myself. I could be or not.
0: Yeah.
1: And what do you want to have happen?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I've been listening to the the older family members in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. especially before they were passing, you know, you, you, I don't, I hope not to be in that position where I have very many regrets, yeah. you know, of things that I wish I had done or, mm-hmm. or I, I don't regret things that I have done that's,
1: Oh, the other thing that's, that's, that's a different. damn it with me is I tell people I love them all the time. Oh. <laughs> and I'll say sometimes to somebody I don't know very well, uh-huh. is this weird? I love you. <laughs> 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 we don't, we have this kind of narrow idea in our culture about what that means, and for yeah. me, it's this very expansive feeling that allows for the space for a person to move in and to know <laughs> that somebody cares and wants
0: to support them. And that's right. what I mean when I say, I love you, right? Right, you're just sharing the love that's that's one of your damn you like to share the love i do oh also see i knew you wouldn't have a problem i i knew i threw it threw it at you at last minute but i knew you wouldn't have a problem coming up with <laughs> that's for sure. well everyone i appreciate you listening and we i will have links so that you can follow the reverend katherine clarenbach and go and look at her practice um i know right now you were If you're attracted to her personality, you are absolutely going to want to run to her website, thewayoftheriver.com. Or you can come to my Facebook group,
1: also the Way of the River
0: community. Awesome. So I will make sure and have that link in the show notes as well. Um, So thank you so much for being here, Catherine. This has been a blast. Thank you so much, Al love it. I know we could have so many more conversations and be more purposeful with them, but there was so much to learn about you. (laughs) Thank you so much. So thanks for coming on. And everyone, I look forward to continuing to guide you into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self.